Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hey guys, hope you're having a great day wherever you're tuning in from. We appreciate you coming to the show. Today, I got a great one for you where I welcome 
Dr. Margaret Chisholm, and she is the Vice Chair for Education and Professor of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences in Medicine at Johns Hopkins. She received her BA in Visual Arts from UMBC and her MD from the University of Maryland. And she has authored over 100 scientific, clinical, and medical educational papers on psychiatric disorders and humanistic medical practice, as well as articles and one book on the use of social media in medicine and two books on psychiatry. And today we talk about one of her books, her latest book, From Survive to Thrive. And we dig into what it means to just be surviving and how we get towards thriving in this life. And we talk about, you know, dealing with mental illness, depression, some actionable things that you can do to try to dig yourself out of that. And also how to retell your life narrative, your life story. I think that's a really valuable one for me lately. I've realized that the voice in my head a lot of times is negative and is not really telling me the objective reality of what's going on. And I totally relate to that and think it's really important when you can start to understand that that's not the reality, that little voice, that inner critic, whatever it is, And when we start to observe that and realize that that's not us, we can gain more control and move through the world in a lot better way. So Dr. Chisholm tells us how to do that. And I I refer to her as Meg in the interview as she has asked me to do. So don't think that we go back 20 years and I'm super casual, but she is cool and likes to go by Meg. So you know that. And... As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, subscribing to the show, and telling your friends and family, and leaving those five-star reviews. That really helps us spread the word and continue to bring you these episodes. And if you like this show, or if you're a longtime listener and you haven't left a review, get in there. It takes a couple minutes. Uh, we really do appreciate that. All right, guys. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, Meg. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Oh, thanks. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about your book, From Survive to Thrive. And I thought a good place to start would be having you tell our listeners the distinction between and just what it means to just be surviving and then thriving. Yeah, thanks. I was thinking about the title for the book and thought that Survive to Thrive would be a a great um, concept because so many people with psychiatric problems, actually, these are life and death problems, right? If you're depressed, you have a risk of suicide. If you are um, have an eating disorder, you're at risk of dying from starvation. So there's all kinds of of psychiatric problems that have a high rate of mortality and a risk of death. So the first step is to survive your psychiatric problem. Uh, And the next step is to go from languishing to flourishing. So, you know, when you're just getting over a psychiatric illness, you can be sort of deconditioned, you know, you might've been spending a lot of time on the sofa in your bed and you need to, uh, start going through more than just the motions of life, but actually engaging in life activities and starting to enjoy things again. Um, So the idea of 
from survive to thrive is that even though you have a psychiatric problem, once it starts getting better, you can actually start building the tools um, and the activities into your day so that you can lead uh, the fullest life possible. Let's talk about the tools and activities. And maybe before we get to that, what would you tell those people who are like, yeah, I'm really struggling right now and I feel defeated. I don't feel like things will not improve. What do you tell someone in that place? Yeah. So, I mean, the thing about most psychiatric problems are they're highly treatable. And so the the main goal in treatment is to to keep surviving from one day to the next until you can get fully better. Now, you know, there's different ways to define recovery. Some people um, are, are looking for symptom recovery, of course, so that they're no longer feeling sad or um, listless. Um, the other aspect of recovery is functional recovery. People want to be able to uh, work, say, or, or, or fulfill their a role as a partner. Um, and then there's also a recovery of, in the sense of recovery of meaning and purpose in one's life. So there's all kinds of, um, of uh, stages of recovery. And some people um, have such severe illness that they might not get full functional recovery or full symptom recovery if they have some illness, say like schizophrenia or tra- traumatic brain injury or something like that. But for most psychiatric illnesses, you can experience full uh, full symptom recovery, full functional recovery, um, and also recovery of meaning and purpose in one's life. So the main goal when I talk to someone is um, giving them hope uh, that they're going to get better. Um, and as they're slowly getting better, uh, to keep them going from one day to the next. You say that in order to flourish, we need to take action. And this seems like this is going to relate to the tools that you mentioned. So how can we take action in order to work towards that place? Especially if you just, if you feel like you're in the dark, there's no way you're going to feel better. You've been feeling pretty terrible for a while now. How can we take action? Yeah. So, um, you know, this is a theme of the book is that, you know, there are, um, more things that we have control over than we often think we do. Um, and there, when you're in a severe depression, say, um, there, there are very few things that you can do um, to get yourself well. Um, but one of the things is that you can uh, try to actually be in bed and sleeping. Uh, I know sometimes it's very difficult when you're depressed, but to actually um, to force yourself to get up during the day uh, is really important to be um, awake when it's light outside uh, to get some sunshine. So that's having your schedule um, as much as possible uh, relate to daylight is is really helpful. Um, avoiding alcohol and drugs uh, when you're depressed is something that you can do um, that will actually help you um, get well and stay well. Um, so there's, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do when you're severely depressed, but um, if you can force yourself to have a little bit of sunlight, um, a, a little um, daily exercise in the morning is helpful and to avoid alcohol and drugs. Those are a few things that you can do. And then as you're, um, you know, contemplating getting into treatment, certainly uh, seeking treatment, taking responsibility for your illness in that way, um, working with your therapist or your um your doctor to 
take medication or engage in cognitive behavioral therapy, the homework that's involved with that. Those are the sorts of things that you can do to take action. Those are physical actions, right? Like moving into the world. What kind of self-talk could someone in this position have with themselves? Yeah. So, I mean, part of uh, engaging in therapy, whether it's therapy with a professional or whether you're using a handbook or something like that, is, um, you know, practicing uh, various techniques. And those can be cognitive behavioral techniques where you learn to identify um, sort of automatic negative thoughts and and talk back to those thoughts. So that's something that um, one can do. Um, Dialectical behavioral therapy uh, recommends that when you have a feeling that you observe it, uh, that you don't try to alter it in any way and that you just observe it and let it pass. So that's a, uh, you know, another technique. There's lots of techniques that you can do either on your own or with the help of a therapist that will, can help shift your um, mindset and shift your feelings. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month, and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. 
His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts, and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. This seems related to the life story perspective. Can you share a little bit what that's about and how we can use that tool to to change the narrative? Yeah, so just stepping back a bit. So, you know, the way I have been taught and um, generations of people have been taught it, at Johns Hopkins to think about psychiatric illness is that their um, psychiatric illnesses or psychiatric problems um, can have different origins. Um, and there's four sort of families that these come in. So one uh, possible origin is in um, a broken part or function in the brain. So that's the disease perspective. Um, the other possible origin or family of origins is uh, behavioral disorders. So those are things like eating disorders or um, sexual disorders or um, substance use disorders. And so they kind of uh, have some similarities that can help inform their treatment. Um, And then the third uh, way of thinking about um, or explaining psychiatric illness is um, problems um, that arise or have their origin in your personality, um, either your uh, your temperament, your affective temperament, how you react to things, or um, your cognitive capacity um, in terms of intelligence or attention. And then the fourth kind of origin of psychiatric problems are what we describe as um, the life story kinds of problems. And these are uh, marked by how you deal with certain events or how you, the story you tell about certain events in your life. So um, there's a lot of reframing that goes on for problems that are emerging from the life story perspective. So that's, um, I think that's the question you're asking then is how the stories that we tell ourselves and how we talk back uh, to thoughts that we're having can can help us uh, heal from uh, various psychiatric uh, problems or events that have uh, occurred in our lives. So an example, if somebody, say, um, is coming with grief, um, you know, there's a lot of stories that people can tell themselves after the loss of a loved one. Um, They might have survivor guilt, for instance. They might feel like they could have done more to help the person um, stay well or or, or not um, pass away, they could feel like they had um, done something to anger uh, God um, and that they were being punished by God for this. Um, and that was the reason that their loved one died. There are all kinds of stories people tell themselves. And so being able to 
think about those stories and and reframe those stories into something that's more positive and more adaptive is something that can be done in therapy um, or you can uh, use various self-help techniques to to um, help yourself work through the story to identify the stories you're telling and to work through those can you walk us through an example say I, I'm seeing you and you're my therapist and I want to rewrite this negative story I have, let's say it's about my partner in this relationship. And maybe you can give a more specific example of something you've dealt with, but let's, let's try to make it about a relationship and how you would walk someone through rescripting that story. Yes. So somebody could be coming um, to see me because they have had a, a, a romantic breakup and they, you know, it came on suddenly to them. They had no idea that uh, this relationship was in jeopardy or was on the rocks. Uh, and so they might come uh, and say that um, they're, they're viewing themselves as sort of a victim of circumstances and they're having trouble getting over this or understanding, you know, what happened. And so uh, working with someone to see if there's a more adaptive way of um, interpreting what has gone on is you kind of look at the facts. And so what were the facts? And the facts were um, that there might have been communication difficulties and there might have been some red flags that the person um, who's coming to see me had um, been ignoring. Um, and so there might be a way to to look at what's happened and how they're dealing with them and see, well, actually, you know, there might have been some things that you could have done early on that would have helped um, protect you against, um, against this loss. Um, and so processing things that way with someone, looking back, what are the facts? What's the story they're telling themselves? And then trying to piece things together in a way um, so that somebody can maybe experience themselves less as a victim, but as somebody who has survived uh, this experience and has learned from it and has seen ways that um, they can prevent that from happening to them uh, going forward. That's what I mean by sort of rescripting, reframing. Um, it's looking at the facts, looking at the story, and seeing if there's a way that one can make meaning of what's happened uh, so that they feel more equipped to um, deal with life uh, and whatever life throws them in the future. I just started reading a book uh, called The Untethered Soul, and I'm I'm literally like a chapter and a half in, but the whole first chapter, I think it's called The Voice in Your Head, and it breaks down this narrative in a great way. And it was really valuable for me and it, and you're touching on it, but it's looking at the facts. And when you start to pay attention to that narrative we have, and we do it all day throughout the day, a lot of us, and you start to realize how often it is not true. Like we're anxious about something or we're telling ourselves a story about our partner and they're doing this and they're making us angry and it's all about them and how they wronged us and all these things, or it could be something as simple as just observing the world and we're not present and you start to pay attention to that voice and it's just constantly going and how often 
it's not true. <laughs> like exactly. it's just not, not even in a bad way. It can be an objective thing that you're observing the world and we're not getting to the reality of the situation because we're, we're conditioned through our upbringing, through our genetics, our biology. And we're telling this narrative that's just, it's not really helpful. And and like you said, a breakup is a perfect example. We, we're heartbroken and we'll, we'll tell ourselves stories. Maybe we'll get angry at the other person. They did this and they wronged me or what could have been this and that. And it's like, wait, let's just pause for a second and try to be super objective look at the facts and you'll start to to realize that almost i i found just in this brief time that i've read this exercise and and you're alluding to it that it's often not even close to the reality and then we can kind of regain control of our lives instead of the voice in our head dictating just where we're going and it's often a negative place that that's just not the reality Yes. I mean, human beings are really hardwired to tell stories. And there's, you know, there's great experiments that have been designed that show that we'll tell stories in the absence of any evidence to support those stories. We will make up stories to support evidence um, uh, that is not true, that somebody presents to us. And then con uh, alternatively, and more commonly, we, um, you know, make up stories and ignore the evidence uh, and the stories cloud that. So what happens is that, you, you know, just think of all kinds of examples, worries that we might have about something we did or something we're going to do. So much of that is just stories. And if you break it down and say, you know, look, what are the facts? Um, and I think a good therapist really does that. They'll say, um, you know, okay, they'll listen to the patient's story and then they'll say, okay, let's see, you know, these are interpretations um, of various things that have happened. What are those things that have happened? And are there other ways of interpreting them? And obviously in a breakup or something like that, we're usually very biased. Um, and so helping people become aware of their own biases, try to peel the emotion away and be able to say, okay, really what happened? Um, and some things you might never be able to understand why they happened, but some things, you know, you can start making sense of once you see the facts and the, and the, the, the you know, body of evidence, so to speak, um, and you can learn from that. So I do think, you know, we're storytelling creatures and sometimes those stories work to our advantage and help us heal and grow. And other times stories are really holding us back. The stories we tell them ourselves are stories that other people are telling about us. And being able to see what the facts are, um, I think really helps us be able to get rid of those stories that aren't helping us and uh, move forward and um, open up new possibilities for ourselves. What's the evolutionary adaptation that has led us you said we're, we're wired this way why are we doing this to ourselves well i don't know we're that's a very big question i mean um yeah i you know i don't know if there is a, a theory of why we are making meaning i most likely evolutionarily i'm not an expert in this it, i'm just speculating that it would um, be connected to language development and the 
the fact that you know we are um, you know language certainly and communication certainly helps us uh, survive um, and you know as there's evolutionary advantage to uh, language so um, I think part and parcel of language is uh, you know the capacity to tell stories um, and again. Uh, I don't think it's evolutionarily advantageous to tell untrue right. stories, <laughs> but I think that perhaps is a side effect of uh, the ability to use language and to tell stories is that you're going to tell some stories that are be wonderful and then other stories that in some situations aren't going to help us. Earlier, you mentioned temperament and, and you say in your book that we can't change our temperament. So can you share what, our temperament is why why we can't change it, but how we can understand it and and maybe move through the world better with that understanding. Yeah. So um, so affective temperament is sort of how you react to um, different situations, and there there's this five factor model of temperament that's pretty widely accepted. That is. Um, called the NEO, stands for neuroticism, extroversion, and openness, the first three uh, factors of the five factors. And then there's also agreeableness and conscientiousness. And so basically, these are measurable, graded aspects of your personality just like height or, you know, hair color, for instance, can be uh, aspects of your physical being. These are traits that you have that pretty much don't change throughout your life. They, there's evidence that some of these are, can be predicted from infancy, um, some of these adult traits. But once you're adult, they're pretty much set. Um, and so neuroticism has to, that refers to how strongly you feel things. Um, and then extroversion, introversion relates to whether you're a very present uh, focused person or you're more past and future focused. That's for uh, ladders for introverts. And then there's openness as well as agreeableness and conscientiousness. So those are the five factors. So basically these are stable throughout um, your adulthood. Uh, I've taken these tests 30 years apart and they've been pretty much uh, identical. So you can't really change who you are and these affective temperament traits aren't necessarily good or bad. Um, if you're on the extreme, you're going to have more um, problems uh, than somebody who's more towards the middle of one of these graded traits. If you think of it sort of as a bell-shaped curve for every one of these traits, you're someplace on that curve of neuroticism. Um, and if you're right in the middle, you're probably going to have less problems than if you're on either end of that bell-shaped curve. But um, but Wherever you are, it's not necessarily a good or bad thing because sometimes it's um, good in certain situations to be a certain personality and other situations it can be problematic. So everybody is someplace on each of these five bell-shaped curves and knowing what your temperament is can be really helpful in understanding why you're reacting to things a certain way. So you can't change your natural inclination, but you can change how you respond to the various stimuli or provocations that cause you to react. Um, and so you can change how you think about 
uh, an event and you can also change how you act in response to an event. So for instance, um, I happen to be pretty neurotic, which means I feel things really strongly. Um, and I know that about myself, like my feelings can change really, um, you know, can be very strong. And um, so I can get very angry or I can get very sad or I, whatever, very happy. Um, but uh, if there's a situation where it might be better not to react so strongly, I know that I feel that way, but I can say, you know, put a little break on how I uh, respond or react, you know, so that, you know, somebody might not know I'm extremely angry because I I feel that, I notice it, but then I say, no, I'm not going to let it show or I'm going to talk back to that and say, you know, look, this is going to pass. This is not a big deal. Um, so there are, you know, we feel how we feel. There's not much controlling that, but we have a lot of control over how we talk back to our feelings and how we control our reactions to our feelings. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. 
Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. That's such a powerful, big, and important idea, understanding that that we have a temperament and that we didn't really choose it, which is a whole interesting philosophical conversation in itself, thinking mm-hmm. free will and, and things like that, but that we can understand it and not be at the mercy of, let's say, our anger or our shyness or all these different things. And obviously in relationships, this is super important and we're not taught it. We're not taught it growing up as adults a lot of times. And it's so valuable to to understand, oh, (laughs) you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, And in partnerships, it's really important because often we're attracted to partners who are sort of our opposite on these temperament scales. So, um, it's really important if, you know, you're somebody who reacts really strongly to things and you're partnered with somebody who reacts very weakly emotionally to things. Um, you might think that they're, uh, you know, aren't, don't care or are, um, you know, not hearing you or understanding you, but they're, you know, wired a different way and they're not going to be showing um, their emotions because they are not feeling them that strongly. And again, it's not that one is bad and another is not bad. I mean, if you're a poet, it's really great to have strong emotions. If you're, um, you know, you want to be able to tap into those feelings and have a depth and strength of feeling that will um, allow you to express yourself artistically. Um, if you're, you know, an actor, you're going to want to be able to uh, feel things strongly so that you can translate those um, on stage. Um, and, um, you know, if, even in something more mundane, if you feel things really strongly, that might mean you worry about things. Um, and if you have a lump that's worth worrying about on your you know, skin, you're going to go get it checked out. Um, whereas somebody who's really low on feeling, they might have a lump or bump on their skin that they should really be worrying about and get checked out. But they're like, eh, they don't really feel that worried about it. So they're not going to go for help. So, you know, it's not always, it's not like 
being low on neuroticism or on neuroticism is, is good or bad. In certain situations, it's going to be helpful. In certain situations, it's going to be harmful. Why are we attracted a lot of times to opposite temperament? Well, I think people are looking for some some completion, you know, somebody that completes them, somebody that complements them, that balances them. Um, you know, if somebody, for instance, with extroversion and introversion, it's really sort of a classic example of, you know, somebody who's shy might be attracted to somebody who's a little more gregarious and that helps them get out in the world and, you know, helps them grow. Uh, they might not change or they're not going to change from being a shy, introverted person to being an extroverted person, but they're going to be in, able to enjoy the rewards that come with being a slightly more gregarious, extroverted person because they're going to be, you know, introduced to more um, people, more activities. They're going to be around somebody that's more the life of the party than they are. Um, so people can enjoy that even if it's not their natural inclination. And they really seek that out as a way of rounding out um, themselves and their lives. And how can that create issues? Obviously, <laughs> you know, it's going to do that. But what are some examples and 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 how can someone think about it? Because I know I've been in situations where, yeah, like it's the same thing that has attracted me to a partner, but then can also be, I guess, negative. Oh, yeah. I can create conflicts. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, I guess I interject here and say what was helpful is understanding that there is no perfect partner. And the idea is not to be perfect in that it's accepting the imperfections of our partner, you know, and I have imperfections too. And understanding that obviously it's a two way street in that we are both accepting those imperfections and growing together. And that's the whole dance, right? Right. Well, you know, we'll see the example of extroversion and introversion. So, um, you know, there may be a time when somebody who's more introverted is going to say, you know, I can't go out again this week. <laughs> you know, it's too draining to me. Um, and being able to know yourself and know that a little bit of that is going to help push you out of your comfort zone, you know, a little bit of going out. Um, but there's, you have a limit. And, um, you know, for the extrovert, being with somebody who's more introverted might help them because it might, they might say, you know, I want to stay home tonight. Um, you know, we've gone out three times this week and the extrovert might actually um, learn something uh, about themselves by being um, able to sit with themselves for a little bit and or with their partner that um, that evening instead of going out. So I think there's a lot to be, you know, learned as we learn about ourselves. There's a lot to be learned about, you know, how we might grow by negotiating these relationship issues in a give and take way, um, you know, you're giving up something that you would have normally done, but you're gaining something by um, experiencing something that you're not naturally inclined to experience. Um, you know, the classic example of conflicts that come up are with people who are high conscientiousness, who are in a relationship with somebody who's low conscientiousness. So, you know, if you're low on conscientiousness, um, that means that 
you know, you have a tendency not to follow through on promises that you've made, you know, so you might, somebody might say, or, you know, let's plan on going out on X night. And, you know, the more conscientious person in the relationship will expect that that there will be follow through that you will actually be going out that night. And the low conscientiousness person might have said, Oh, you know, yeah, I made other plans or uh, I didn't write that in my calendar. I didn't think that I thought that was just an option. I didn't know we had decided on it. And so that can be conflicts there. There can be conflict over some as mundane as, you know, picking up your socks. You know, you said you were going to pick up your socks. You didn't pick up your socks. You never pick up your socks. You can see how this plays out in relationships. The uh, conflicts between high conscientiousness and low conscientiousness people is, is some of the more common um, conflicts that uh, are seen in marital therapy. Well, Meg, obviously, we could go on for days because we're covering a broad and important area of really what it means to be a human. And it's a hard thing to navigate through this life. And we want to do it well for ourselves and for our relationships. So I think we covered some good ground here and gave our listeners a lot to think about. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they could find you online and then maybe something that you'd like to leave them with and then we'll say goodbye? Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, so I do have a website. It's Margaret Chisholm, C-H-I-S-O-L-M-M-D.com. And uh, basically a website for the book. You can order the book uh, from there. Um, there's a link to Amazon and other uh, places where the book can be found. Um, so they can get in touch with me that way. I guess, you know, the, my main aim in writing the book was, um, well, I had it was twofold. One was I really wanted to demystify psychiatric problems. So everybody has a mental life and sometimes our mental life can go awry. Um, and that means that we might have feelings that we're not used to experiencing or we find problematic. We might have thoughts um, that are concerning or we might be behaving in ways that are concerning. So when things are, when our life's not going the way we expected it to go, um, it's often because of problems with our feelings, thoughts, or behaviors. And one of my goals was just to demystify these problems in that way and help people understand that these problems can have various origins and kind of work through those possibilities. So that was one uh, aim of the book. And the other aim was to destigmatize these problems. So again, Everybody has a mental life, just like everybody has a physical body. And just as the f things can go wrong with the physical body, things can go wrong with our mental life. And those problems, part of being human, and are nothing to be ashamed of. And they just need to be spoken about and addressed in a way so that people um, don't have to be debilitated by these problems. Well, that is important for everyone out there listening to understand. And yeah, you're not alone. They're human problems. So thank you so much, Meg. I really appreciate it. We'll have the links in the show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And thanks for taking the time to come on the show. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.